everyone, and welcome back to the Deutsche Grammophon International Podcast Series. I'm Sarah Willis, and when I'm not passionately podcasting, I'm playing my French horn somewhere around the world. But it's always a pleasure to podcast with the Yellow Label's star-studded cast of musicians. When I'm preparing these podcasts, I like to listen to my guests' new albums before I do any research on them. I honestly had no idea what to expect from the album we'll be talking about today, and listening to it, I smiled the whole way through. I'm so happy that one of the piano superstars of today, Yuja Wang, is joining me on this podcast. Welcome, Yuja. It's so nice to see you. Very nice to see you. <laughs> You're in a hotel room in Philadelphia, the wonders of modern technology. <laughs> yes. And I'm so excited because you brought out a new album called The American Project. As I explained in the intro, I never read about all this stuff before I listen to it. I didn't know what you, I thought the American Project, Michael Tilson Thomas, some orchestra in Louisville. Um, I thought, okay, let's yeah. hear what this is about. And the first thing I hear you do is playing this gorgeous piece by Michael Tilson Thomas, who we call MTT, and you even whistle in it. <laughs> yeah, I was very proud of that. <laughs> was, it, was it really you whistling? Oh, yeah. I can whistle. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you to prove it, but you really can. So if anyone hasn't heard this piece before, then they better listen to it straight away because it's, I think, your premiere debut in whistling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, I, yeah, he wrote it for me and it's a very flirty piece. And, you know, we go way back then. He was my mentor since when I was 17. And when he won the Kennedy Center Honors a few years ago, I even played this piece, so this piece means a lot for me, and he means a lot for me. Just on the way here to Philly, I was just talking on the phone with him. How's he doing? He's doing really well, actually. He's extremely strong for what, what happened, you know, the cancer stuff. So, um, yeah, he's always optimistic and funny. As ever. <laughs> He's an amazing yeah. human being, really. He really, really is. And when you say he was your mentor, what, what does that mean for you? Because, I mean, okay, he can play the piano, but he's not going to teach you how to play the technical side of the piano. So what, what, did you, what did you learn from him? What did he give you? Well, I'm a huge admirer of, I heard him doing Tchaikovsky or something in San Francisco. And, then, you know, it's always feel like a direct line from Bernstein. Um, and then the way he talk about music in keeping score, it's so intelligent, elegant, and just everything makes sense. And it's about music and so imaginative. So back then, if I played Petrushka, I think that's what I heard, actually, when the orchestra was playing Stravinsky. Did I say Tchaikovsky? Same thing. Uh <laughs> Tchaikovsky, Stravinsky, <laughs> um, and I will play that for him. And then he has this conductor point of view, you know, very, uh, you know, completely different perspective, um, an overview plus very much coloristic details. And then I start to learn pretty much every concerto I've played. I played with him either with San Francisco or in Miami with the New World. I that's where actually lots of like Bartok too. I learned there and and. A few years later, I played with you guys, with Berlin Phil. So he really was supportive, just always encouraging great ideas and kind of, you know, introduce you to think in a certain way, but just make, make music super fun. I remember in the conductor meetings, he was making super weird noises to, <laughs> to imitating <laughs> the sound of different instruments. Uh, and then, you know, the I was 17, so all the years when we travel together on tour and just things been through, like you just also learn a lot from a human side 
you know, how... Yes, you couldn't have been in better hands, really. I mean, <laughs> he, he really yeah. is, as we say, an amazing human being. But also, I think, just to have that insight, having come out of a practice room, you know, you, you pianists, you spend a lot of time alone in a practice room. You know, no, you guys... No. You, you guys <laughs> or not alone. <laughs> or, or, or not alone, or not alone. But to have a conductor's insight, to have a conductor as a mentor and such an amazing musician, I, it just must have opened a lot of, of, of doors to colour and to, in, you know, just different ways of looking at pieces and and he, he just knows so much doesn't he yeah he has a encyclopedia what's the word encyclopedic encyclopedic brain I have no idea what the word is for that <laughs> he just he knows always, a lot <laughs> yeah well one thing he told me is like you just stop mumbling so see I can't even pronounce a word <laughs> mumbling did you know words like mumbling when you were 17 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like I was oh. like I'm just intimidated. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he was a pianist. He was quite a good pianist himself, you know. So I think he was also fascinated by how the way I play the piano. And he also, you know, more and more, he's asking time for himself to, especially now, he loved the composing side of things. But it's totally different environment than being on stage. So you need time and quiet quietude. Quietude, solitude. Gosh, <laughs> to, we're to do, actually we're doing well on the big words today. <laughs> Quietude. Or, I like or, that word. I think that's a yeah. great word. No, but the piece he's written for you come here often with a question mark. It's very I'll flirty. Do, yeah. uh, it's yeah. it's really it's it's beautiful. It's quite jazzy. It's quite. I mean, yeah. do you have that side? And we're going to get this to get to this in a minute with with the second piece on the album. Mm-hmm. But where does this side of you come from? This sort of easygoing, jazzy... Well, were you brought up with that sort of I was, background? Oh, well, yeah, my dad is a percussion drummer and he plays jazz. So I, I hear that. I hear actually at home lots of jazz and, and Beatles, which I don't really like. Uh, <laughs> but um, MTD always actually want me to play this as an encore. And he's a great pianist himself, so we play forehands as encores and stuff. But he always make a huge introduction on this piece. So I heard about, uh, it was, uh, he wrote it in the 70s, and he has huge influence, you know, his grandmother is Pezzi Tomaszewski. So big, huge influence from theater. That influence, the whistling, it's just like a personality charming, very inviting, very inviting atmosphere, yeah. <laughs> Well, I heard the piece first and then I thought, okay, that's lovely, beautiful, typical MTT. Uh, I like it. And I thought, well, what's coming next? And to be honest, I I had absolutely no idea. I knew it was an American piece, Teddy Abrahams. I thought, okay, I will look him up later, but he wasn't a conductor that I was familiar with. And the orchestra I'd I'd heard of, but I wasn't quite sure what they did. So I'm listening on on my headphones in the park. I took you with me to the park and I hear... One, two, one, two, three, four, crash, bang. (laughs) And this piece starts and I did not stop smiling from beginning to end. And that must, it must have been incredible. It's a long time to smile. (laughs) The piece is huge. I kept thinking, well, that must must have been the end. That must have been the final tutti. No, no, no. Here she comes again. I keep telling him, I was like, can you please cut it? Please. Well, basically, it's it's swing band. Mm -hmm. You go from boogie woogie to jazz to swing to Latin to I I heard some. I thought I heard E.T. in there somewhere. Yeah, Um, everything. Jurassic Park. (laughs) 
Yeah. And, and these cadenzas, I must say, I mean, we've played many pieces with you in the Berlin Phil and, um, you know, the Ratman of Barta, all these wonderful things. And we know Prokofiev. Yourself, Prokofiev yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. This is what we love. We love it when we hear you doing this big stuff. I don't mm. know. I think you played more notes on this recording in your cadenzas than I've played as a horn player in about 10 years. <laughs> I know. I know the composer. I just did Lindbergh's concerto as well. And it's the same thing. <laughs> Everyone's overwritten the notes. Yeah. And do they do that because they say, oh, you know, Yuja can... Well, she can do anything. She yeah, can do anything. Probably. Well, it's it's true. How do you feel about that? Can Yuja do everything? I can physically, but to a certain extent, it's like, okay, do you really mean to write all this? Like, does it have meaning behind or are you just showing off? <laughs> <laughs> or you want me to show off um, yeah I mean this this uh, Teddy I don't know uh, from what you read he's um, I heard about him uh, from MTT and then turns out he went to Curtis same as me I'm in Philadelphia now and actually that's Philly always means a lot for me he was a little conductor <laughs> little conductor he was a conductor he's not tall I mean he always have a pencil you know behind his ears with scores and like really funny special kid back then at school and then um i started hanging out with him because he always whenever i play concertos i just asked him to play the second piano for me so i'm familiar with the orchestra part so he he played the orchestra and you played the the, the solo part yeah that's how i always um learn concertos i'm like to know the orchestra part is so crucial and he can just sight read anything you know on a score and it was like wow this is like some wunderkind like crazy Frankenstein brain or something so um and then he's also extremely um knowledgeable another in psycho encyclopedic <laughs> I think that's the word well done brain <laughs> I just learned a word from Sarah yes um yeah he's one of those and then for some reason we just kind of, oh I think it was a Kennedy Center honors for MTT he was the one that conducted the Miami Orchestra and then he um, did the whole program, you know, make sure pieces shortened, lengthened, everything. It was just the most extremely capable person I've met. And then uh, and then we just kept in contact and then we talked to each other a lot during the pandemic. And then turns out he has this, um, he written this concerto, he just no mention of like, we're gonna play together, just send it over along with a happy birthday variation. Um, and then, uh, and in like, I mean, you were asking about jazz. I also was a big fan of um, Keith Jarrett, who also went to Curtis and Artatum. So I, 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 I love that style. And then I saw the score. I was like, holy shit, I wish I can play this someday. And then, of course, I told him. And then he's like, well, you know, it's pandemic, but I can make this happen with my orchestra in Louisville. The only thing I know about Louisville is uh, Muhammad Ali, who was born there. <laughs> Maybe you you're know? absolutely right. That's probably the only time I'd heard of it as well. Uh, but I knew it was in Kentucky. I just don't know really where Kentucky was. I had to I get confused well, around there with the state. He's so phrased I, I like, sting like a bee, float like a butterfly. That's like, you know, a memo for all the pianists. Anyway, so I was like, oh, that's where it's coming from. So that week, I remember it was last January when we recorded he bought out the, the swing band was actually all my friends uh, from back at school, which we haven't seen each other for like more than a decade. And then, you know, they, <laughs> the guys, they got beard, they got long hair. I was like, well, do I know this person? <laughs> it's very, and I kind of stay the same. 
I think at least. And then um, just and then they the bass player is actually plays jazz now, and the drum guy is you know Latin Latin uh, jazz band. So none of them are actually classical now. And one of the composer played the keyboard, and he's a composer, so he can improvise and stuff. So they were the jazz band in behind. So it was really really heartwarming to to be back with my colleagues from a decades ago, especially like right after、uh, right after pandemic, and it was very emotional. But this piece has absolutely no emotional part in it. It was just high driven octane, just like ah, yeah, all the、stop. time. It doesn't stop. And I, I mean, if、it's、you like went on King Kong went, on high.、Yeah. <laughs> If you went on tour with that, I I just don't know if you if you had to play that every night, could you imagine? No, I'd rather play five Rachmaninoff. <laughs> and Rachmaninoff、no. is big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what they all said. Yes, <laughs> hands. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm, that's why I'm in Philly. I'm doing all、uh, five Rachmaninoff. Yes, I see. Oh wow,、yeah. amazing! I've seen you're on the on the road with a lot of Rachmaninoff right at the moment in LA soon with Gustavo. How lovely! Yeah,、um, it's really cool to do a cycle because pianists we don't do that very much. You know, there's Bartok string quartet cycle, there's、um, Mahler cycle, there's Ring cycle, but for concerto cycle, that's pretty. So you just you just、awesome. choose something small like all five Rachmaninoffs <laughs> to do. That's a lot of. Well, it's still it's still less than twenty seven Mozart. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, but I think the body power you need for it is you know you, you you need a lot of strength to play that. And Rachmaninoff had huge hands. You know, I'm sure you knew that he had enormous hands. Yeah, yeah. and、uh, and and I've 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 seen you. I've had coffee with you. I know your hands aren't that enormous. I mean, really. No, no. So、yeah. how do you do it? What is the secret behind that technique? Um, it's how you use it, as they all say. No. <laughs> I know sometimes the big hand. I mean, like rock three, there are some chords, big yeah, spread out chords. But sometimes the smaller hands is more agile to, to to deal with them.、Um, I don't know. I think it's it's a very holistic approach. I think the mental power and the emotional power and the spirit behind it is all like it's all one whole thing. You know, it's like when 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 the emotional and when everything is aligned, it's just so much easier to to be physically. Also capable of doing all that. I love his playing too, Rachmaninoff himself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I remember <laughs> sitting in the back in the horn section, and you were playing Prokofiev with my orchestra, and discussing with Stefan Dor the first horn where you get this power from because you're this tiny little thing, and <laughs> everybody knows you on stage with your high heels and your your big your your dresses, well your half dresses, and <laughs> and and they know you like that, so you come on as this power frau. But we see you in the rehearsals, this t- tiny little thin, this really.、Oh. Fragile girl comes in, and we were watching you. And I said to Stefan, "I said, how does she do that?" And we decided <laughs> it must be coming from your core because your back is totally relaxed when you're、mm. playing. You're playing this huge、yeah. sound, and I and I I don't know. Maybe we're wrong, but we think you must. You, the strength comes within because if you were just using back and arm muscle power, yeah, you'd, yeah. Be, you'd be done. No, my my mom's a dancer, and I there's also physical、uh, stuff when I learned when I started correctly. I guess like actually the power. Hours from the feet, and when you're really rooted and、uh, grounded, very grounded feeling. It was very hard because when I just started, I had those pedal extensions because I can't even touch the ground. So I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> oh, sweet! <laughs> Power from the feet. I'm happy if I reach the pedals. <laughs> yeah, and also like how、um, how to be extremely economic 
and not tire oneself out. So it's um, and that's very crucial for a piece like Teddy's. You know, it was. I mean, I remember. I think yeah, we had two concerts, and by the second concert, like my it was also winter, so my nails are like dried up, and I was like, really, I have to play this again. But yeah, it was not. Also, I was not expect to be recorded on DG, <laughs> and then you know the whole thing because things are better, you know, more processed if you play a few times and then you record. Usually the case, but everyone was on, and it seems like the vibe is there, you know. And it's a such a special time right after pandemic, twenty twenty one, January. So the energy is all there. So I'm glad it's captured, and then I don't have to play again. <laughs> It's, it's totally there. And also, I mean, Rachmaninoff's in there too. One of the main themes is da 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 da, da. You know, and you hear that. I, and, and But I, I heard so much in there that I, that I you sort Chopin, of recognize, but yeah. Chopin's in there too. Yeah. Um, and then I, of course, as me being a, a Latin, a Latin girl, that was my, my favorite part. And I wondered, are you improvising in any of this or was it all written down? Some of it is a tiny bit of it. Um, like, I think there is uh, one part with a um, different instrument. I, I played it last January. I don't really remember. There's one part. I mean, he's written it out, but I add notes here and there. And he's very much encouraging me to do that. And actually, I think people who are actually trained in improvising or a jazz pianist could even do uh, better than there's still like things you can you know it's very flexible still yeah but I don't know who's going to play that I'm sorry that is really you know it's it's huge and the cadenzas they go on cadenzas like, crazy yeah. crazy did you and those were live recordings of your cadenzas yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm sure I had lots of coffee um <laughs> it was lots of jumps but but it's all actually pianistic I mean like Beethoven, he said, just like Beethoven, I improvised it on the piano and then written it down. So, so it's all, you know, follows the fingers, kind of like Liszt and like Messian. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 it's, it's cool. It's one of those pieces that it's fun to learn and it actually sounds harder than the piece, like the opposite of Schubert, you know? <laughs> okay, okay. The opposite of Schubert, exactly. Schubert sounds so easy and everybody thinks, oh, that's nice. A, a little yeah. tune in the right hand, a bit of accompaniment in the left hand. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's when I'm happy to play the French horn because there's only one line and not all that uh, voicing and balancing and a pedal to work as well. Oh, the pedal. So that was sort of your lockdown project to learn the to learn this. Uh, well, this is kind of what got me back to piano because I I didn't really play the piano. I wasn't even sure if I still want to be a pianist, you know, that time. Um, so I I just I didn't touch a piano, which is really refreshing and cool because um, I've been doing that since when I was six. There's never a break, and then that was kind of a break. And then this piece, because it's such a different style, and then it got me back into learning this, and, and there was a concert um, planned, kind of like the first concert, actually. And then, um, yeah, it was uh, a motivation for me to go back. And then I was doing, like, rock too. <laughs> most familiar ones. So. Just uh, a little a little small gig on the side. <laughs> it's like the, the, uh, yeah, the total opposite spectrums of 
familiarity. Yeah. Well, I'm very, I'm very glad that you came back, and I'm glad you came back with this because I remember you telling me I can't remember what tour it was, where we were, but that that lockdown had been hard for you. It had been really quite a sort of a yeah, traumatic yeah. thing because someone who's so used, but for so many musicians, for so many artists, we were lucky. We kept on playing, you know. We just didn't have any applause, but at least we were all together. But for a solo artist, you know that. Yeah. Was, oh. Yeah, it was alone in, in New York, and America didn't. I, I reopened Carnegie, and it was closed for, what, 500, I can't remember the exact, like, 83 days or something. Can you imagine? <laughs> just, no, yeah. you just can't. It seems like this sort of bad dream that we've all had. You know, we all talk about the pandemic as if it was, like, a long time ago. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. Um, well, what a piece to start back with. I mean, it made me laugh. That that you, if you look up the Louisville Orchestra, it says they they want to be one of the most interesting orchestras on the planet, and I think they are that. Um, but you said, but it's not a, a set orchestra. He got your friends in from 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 Philadelphia, or is it like a gig orchestra? Or no, it is a set orchestra. It's his orchestra. He's one of he he's very uh, devoted to. Um, you know, the mindset of like, I want to have this local orchestra, just like what George Sell did with Cleveland, for example. Um, the uh, What he brought back from Curtis was only the jazz band, which was... I see, I get it. Yes, because I, I saw that they were an orchestra, but then I wonder... Ah, uh, so they brought, he brought the jazz and band. Even, oh, nice. He even got a jazz trumpeter. <laughs> yeah, but when the trumpet started playing, I was like... Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of a lot of really hard uh, jazz lots and of, Latin stuff in there. Lots yeah. of testosterone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, like Berlin Phil. <laughs> well, oh, funny you should say that. You really? You think so? <laughs> You're, you're speaking to a horn player who spent the last uh, 20 years. Yes, anyway, that's, yeah. that's a subject for another podcast. Um, um, no, oh, you, I lo- you got I, the tools there. I love my orchestra. We I'm very, all do. I'm very lucky to have such a great section, you know, and that's why I, I yeah. sometimes think the life of a soloist, you know, we have soloists come and go and, and it's always fun. There's always a party at Wenzel's house. Uh, our principal clarinet, you know, he's yeah. famous for looking after all the soloists. But then I think, gosh, what a lonely life that is then, because we, I'm w- together with my horns all the time. And, and the soloists then have to get on a plane the next day and go somewhere else. And I, yeah. I've always admired you guys for that. That's, that's, we're on tour a lot, but you're, you live on tour. That's your life. It's lots of, lots of inner strength and, and travel along these days are pretty horrific. And <laughs> iPads. iPads? iPads, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, ser- yeah. and series. Uh, series, yeah, <laughs> like Netflix, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what's a girl to do? So, what are you planning, you I, I know you have, um, you've got all the Ratmaninoffs coming, and you've got a big Ratmaninoff tour, and you, so you've recorded this, this, the American project, which which I love, and anyone who's listening to this podcast who hasn't listened to it yet should, <laughs> because they'll smile as much as I do, and they will also do what I did and look and see if the next number is the end, because I just couldn't believe it was still going, you know. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean I wanted it to end. I loved it, oh, but I, was I thinking, did. <laughs> I kept thinking this. This must be the end. There's a big ET climax. No, no, no. Oh no, no, we're going into Latin jazz. <laughs> oh no, we're going into Broadway. I mean. Oh yeah. I mean, the thing with Rachmaninoff is like there's always one climax. With Teddy's piece, and there were lots of them. Um, many, many. But, many. but I, was he happy? He's on the moon. Yeah, he's he's very very happy, and uh, it's just always so exciting to see uh, 
living composers when they first hear their piece being played, the the elation they get from their own creation is 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 very moving to see. Yeah. Well, sometimes we say, don't invite the composers to the rehearsals just at the very end, because if they're at the rehearsals too much, <laughs> then we never get done, because they always think of extra things that they want, and oh, well, change that in the score. Good thing he is a composer and a conductor, so he can't tell himself <laughs> too much. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. But this was last year, and then on DG, I already have my Vienna recital, which is coming out. And then I think this Rachmaninoff possibly is being recorded, not in Carnegie, but in LA, because my old old friend Gustavo Dunamal. Uh, He's so old. Very old. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Yo-Yo and Manny, very old, old Paul. What else is on the play? This Lindbergh concerto, which is also is on another level of... Difficulty because you know it's it's one thing they've written it on the on the paper, but to bring it alive, especially when when the piece has so so much depth and forms and then like layers of characters and uh, you're the one that have to do the narration rather than uh, just kind of play the notes and that that does take time and then by you know premiering it in different orchestra you kind of start from the beginning again because each group have to learn from the beginning it's a new baby <laughs> so. It's like, yeah, it's like having a newborn baby every time you go. So it's 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 interesting. Like you are living the life, I tell you. <laughs> you are certainly living the life. But thank you for making time for us today. Of because, course, uh, it was really nice for you. To, I know it's taken a long time for me to get you on the podcasts. Um, <laughs> Because podcasts, podcasts is a sort of a medium, you know, I prefer to have the person in the studio with me because then it's much more active. And, you know, I just love having my friends next to me, you know, but the fact that I can even see you thanks to modern technology in your room in, in Philly. And uh, it, it's just really nice. It's great to see you. It's great to talk to you. And congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. So happy to see you too. <laughs> and we'll see you soon. And to learn all this work sure. from you. <laughs> yeah, we're cu you're coming back. I can't remember when, but I'm sure you're coming back soon. Not this season, but soon. Yeah, I think we might even go to China together or something. I have no idea yeah. which year. Oh, shh. Don't give it. Don't give away those secrets. Oh yet. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, we'll always go to China together at of some course. point in our lives. <laughs> okay, Yuja, lovely, lovely to see you. Thank you Thank so you. much for joining us, Thank and you so much. Uh, and good luck with all all your future projects. And I'm sure I'm going to see you in Berlin very soon. I'm not exactly sure when. But you're scheduled to come and play with us. I mean, you can't, the Berlin Phil without you is just unimaginable. And I'm looking forward to the next orchestra party that we'll be at together. Yes. <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast with Yuja and would like to hear some of my past fabulous guests or see what we're coming up with in the future, please subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts from. Thanks for listening. I'm Sarah Willis, and I'll see you next time here on the Deutsche Grammophon International Podcast Series. Mm -hmm.